0: What's up everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, hey, hey. And Justin Davis. Scoop. Triple Scoop. We've got a great show for you this week. We'll be sharing our most anticipated games of the year. There's some upcoming events uh, to get excited for, like the Xbox Dev Direct next week, that we'll finally get to see this Indiana Jones game. And Game Shark. Ooh. Game Shark of all places think they know <laughs> when the Switch 2 is coming out. We'll talk about that. Yeah as Well, in just a bit, but first, uh, IGN's review of Prince of Persia The Lost Crown went up today. Our viewer liked it a lot, gave it an eight out of ten. And both Sam and I have also been playing it, and we both also like it a lot. I think Sam's played more than me, I'm probably around eight hours in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is the you know, the first Prince of Persia game in a long time, and uh, it's the first Metroidvania 2D Metroidvania Prince of mm-hmm. Persia game, and it works really well. Sam, if, I wonder if you agree with me. I think it starts off a little slowly. There's kind of a lot, there's like a tutorial bit you have to play through. But once you sort of get let loose in uh, Mount Koth, I think is what it is, um, mm-hmm. and just actually got, start exploring and you, you know, learning new combat abilities, it gets to be really fun. It's a really well-made uh, Metroidvania. Not on the level of Symphony of the Night. Let's just manage people's expectations, but it's a very good Metroidvania. Sam, what do you think?
1: Wait, we do, oh, not on the level as one of the literally best video games yeah. ever made so of just, all time.
0: Just, just to know, I want people to know what what level of quality we're talking about here.
1: Sure.
2: You know what non symphony games and non Castlevania games are missing is really that that enemy drop stuff, where it's like you can farm crazy gear from mm-hmm. enemies. Yeah. You know, not, Metroid doesn't do that either, right? So it's like that's a Castlevania thing, <clears throat> and that's really been missing because this, this game is a really competent, but more like Metroid game in Castlevania. Yeah, but the combat and it's more like the last Metroid game because it's a lot of sliding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's all sword combat and special attacks. There's, there's a bow also. But um, it's so like it's such a good balance of exploration and kind of difficult moments. And it really, really, really is good at that. Oof, I need to get to the next save point. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really not doing great right now. However, If you die in this game, you don't lose a bunch of stuff. You lose like a a few pieces of money, the crystals, Mm -hmm. and then you get warped back to a save point. So there is not as much risk as there was in the classic, you know, Metroid and Castlevania games where it's like, well, if I don't get to this next thing, then if I die, then I lose all the progress and maybe even the cool random droppables I have. Yeah. But All that aside i'm just making comparisons i'm not saying this is a bad game it is so fun it's really good it looks really good at many times despite like i think how it previewed and how like kind of it looks at a i don't know at times generic and crappy and 3d but like there's really cool moments of uh backgrounds being used and Hmm. and like a sense of scale that's used to that that emphasizes that there's a bigger world behind the little tiny you know uh, map uh, uh, rectangles that you see when you pause the game because it has a really classic map. You totally play the game based on the map. You know it, it's just it's a, it's a it's a Metroid and Castlevania like game that like is made by people that love those games clearly like they studied yeah. up and it's so good.
0: Yeah, it's a very classic style game. It's so classic. They actually provided reviewers with this review guide, which is kind of a. A thing that used to happen very often and doesn't happen very much anymore. But it's like this lengthy, like, I don't know, like 50 page doc of like explaining the lore of the game and then giving strategy tips on how to feed bosses and and all that stuff. It's just kind of refreshing and Mm -hmm. and charming to see that again.
2: One thing that I like about the combat is that you can either um, zoom over somebody, slide under them, or parry them. And there's certain things that aren't variable. And a lot of games have that now, right? But a lot of games took a page from the original Dark Souls and they they're doing these souls like games, which are they've really slowed down the combat like you can roll and you can sword and board and like get in like you can learn boss fights and stuff. but the parrying always sucks for me in those games because it's so slow. I really don't like that. That doesn't work for me. In this game, it seems well, maybe it's just forgiving. But I'm good at parrying this game, and I really like it. And Metroid is like that, too. Uh, the last Metroid, they gave you that kind of upswipe parry, and it kind of changes yeah. the dynamics of a fight. And it might uh, give you special skills uh, based on what you have equipped, because you can equip equipment that it's like, if you parry this, you get this reward. And it's like, it's awesome. It's really, really cool. And like the parrying of, of enemies feels good in this game. And yeah, I just wanted to does. call that out because it's
1: unusual. Yeah, lots of what, cool-
0: what, what like a per- perfect January game, right? Yeah,
1: for yeah, sure. I agree.
0: So the original Prince of Persia is like a slow and plodding uh, platformer. I love it, but you know, it's the follow up to Chronica, uh, and then would go, you know, mm-hmm. it's the ancestor of things like uh, Flashback and Out of This World and then Tomb Raider, I think even, where you'd have to plan your jumps very, very precisely. There's no room for error. And you're trying to avoid mm-hmm. traps and pitfalls like swinging blades and spikes and all that. So what's cool is that some of that DNA is still in this game and just there are lots of platforming obstacles like swinging uh, blades and, and spike pits that you have yeah. to watch out for, and that sort of thing. But then,
2: yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, uh, the, in addition to that, the, uh, there's the um, there's sands of time DNA in it, which I think is really cool. Um, there's like some mystery to be solved about time mm-hmm. and t- and and like why some people are appearing in different ways than others. And there's nice. like a really the, I like that part of it. And then you can get some uh some upgrades and stuff that allow you to do a little bit of time shifty stuff and it's great like that's 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 neat that that's part of prince of persia but only because of that really great you know gamecube era game yeah
0: yeah in in this map there's all sorts of npcs that are not enemies that you can speak to and and in this location, time is just moving differently for everybody, it seems like. So there's kind of a mystery there too. And I think one of the coolest features mm-hmm. are the map photos. I don't know if there's like an official name for them, Sam. but like Oh my gosh, like in They're all memories. And like in Breath of the Wild, when you see something interesting you want to check out, you can just put a little icon on your map. But in Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, you actually take a photo of that area and it's always there on your map. So no matter where you are, you can also just revisit that photo and maybe a puzzle that you've just solved, uh, you know, in another part of the map, unlocks or makes you realize, oh, that's what I had to do at this other spot. And you can verify it and then make your way back there. It's just, it's a great feature that more games should use.
2: Fantastic Metroid upgrade, right? Like that's so smart to do that. And what's great is that it's, you may be like, well, that's maybe, you know, you should should just be taking your own notes and doing this. And that makes the game easier. But like, there's a a game element to that because you need to, you run out of the, you, you can expand your stash of those But you do run out of them yeah and when you run out you start realizing like oh i left a bunch of these around like litter that's fine clean those up and reuse them but some you're like well this is obviously like a passage that ends in in a blank space that you have to jump up high to so i don't really need one there i'll just remember that i start like playing all these like psychological games about conserving that skill and i just thought that was that's so clever and like i'm in the meat of it right now i'm in like maybe the fourth area out of like looks like 10 or 12 or something like that you know of the themes because you know these games have like the the gross place with ooze and then like you're in the sky for a little bit it's very old school in that way and um you know the connections to get back to where you're going in this game are like a little bit sparse there are fast travel points and then there's a few other things that help you get around like a central elevator but like i've definitely got to points where i'm like I'm too annoyed to go back and do this like collectible right now. I'm going to wait until I have a few more power-ups and then I'll like hit a like a combat wall. I'm like, fine. I'll just do a whole sweep and get as much stuff as possible. It takes me forever. Like last night I was just I was going through parts I'd been through uh, just backtracking, but like I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. If that type of gameplay is not for everybody, wow. So what I'm seeing right now explains a lot actually. I didn't know <laughs> that you could get that grapple hook. Yeah. That explains <laughs> so much about this room that I was in for a long time last night.
0: There's <laughs> yeah, good traversal stuff in here, and I have to thank Sam. Sam was providing me with some late night game help last night. I was I did yeah. I was completely stuck. Had no idea how to go forward. I was texting Sam, and I, te- I texted him a photo of my map, and then he was able to show me. No, you need to go to this room and work your way up. And it was big help. You know, if it you're uh,
1: if you're an IGN Plus
0: subscriber, you can text Sam your
1: game help <laughs> questions
0: anytime, <laughs> and he'll get back to you. On it. That's a good plus up. I like it. <laughs> Justin, you like a good Metroidvania. Are you going to play Prince of Persia?
1: Yeah, I mean, so yes, as I was saying, I think it's a perfect January game, right? Like it's exactly well-timed when it's released. Um, You know, Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night are my number one and number two favorite games ever of all time. So yes, extremely excited to dive into The Lost Crown. I've seen some feedback from folks, um, you know, and whatever, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but they're just kind of like metroidvania out right they're like "Eh, you know like i've had a lot of that kind of game and like my response to that would be like there's not like okay yes there's been a billion of these games but not that many of them have been like great like that's how many how many truly great metroidvanias have there been like the last one was probably metroid dread right and like that was what two plus years ago so like you know i think we're due um and just the the amount of care and thought, like they went so hard on this game and like this game could have easily have been kind of like this forgettable 2D Prince of Persia. And like, you know, the amount of care and TLC that went into it so far exceeds that, you know, just clearly that like, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, very excited to play.
2: Plus this and Metroid are like, I used to really be anti 3D usage for these games. Mm-hmm. But like this and Metroid are, are just really good and they're doing their own thing. It makes me a little bit... St- wistful for the, you know, will there ever be great 2D pixel looking yeah. Metroidvania's? And and there are like Axiom Verge 2 looked really good and yeah. and it had that style, but it did not draw me in like this game. So yes, you're totally right. There's other Metroidvanias, there's a lot of them out there, but like I'm telling you guys, this one is a higher quality than than most. So yeah. maybe you can limit your intake to your to your eights and above, you know? <laughs>
0: Just um, good for lots of things. It's funny that Justin mentions the, the TLC that went into this game because there's one tiny little aspect that could have used a little bit more scrutiny. Have you heard about this, Justin?
1: Yeah. The what? The voice? Are you gonna talk about the voice acting?
0: Yeah. There's a, a very like yeah. a, a very small NPC character where the their dialogue is not a human. It was it's an AI text to speech converter, and Ubisoft has like has confirmed this. I wouldn't have ever noticed it, um, because it's just, it's apparently used by, it's a text-to-service program that's used by streamers a lot, and I don't watch any streamers, so I would have never heard this voice, but someone who was playing it internally recognized it. Are you more clued into this than I am, Sam?
2: Well, only that the, the when... So somebody recognized it, flagged it to yeah. a news or news member of our team, and then on the guides team, one of the people playing it got in there and was like, "Oh yeah, I immediately recognized that voice from Twitch streams yeah. because I was wondering like, well, if it's just like a robot voice, those have really been around forever, and like I I, I don't know, like I don't, I didn't really know what to expect, but yeah, it's because this is so commonly used as like a fill in thing, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like like they. It's a little bit like egg on your face, like type of situation because they just left in a placeholder. Well,
1: that's well, yeah. so that's that's the intriguing part about this story to me is Ubisoft's response was they owned up to it yeah. and they said, look, it's part of the game development process. You have placeholder assets all the yeah, time, which is completely true, right? <laughs> like so, they had this placeholder text to speech, and then they said. You know the company doing the voice acting it was a third party It was a contractor and mm. you know it's a mistake like the placeholder text-to-speech didn't get replaced with the actual voice actor and we'll patch it in and you know that's plausible so it, is this a an honest mistake or is this like or is this ubisoft getting caught right like can we can we yeah. do an ai voice for this minor npc and see if anyone notices yeah like, because we know that that's I, don't, coming, I don't know right? what the answer is we
0: know that that's coming. Right. Yeah, in, in the very near well, future, there's gonna be a lot let, of AI voices uh, in uh, our games.
2: While all of these facts remain true, like there's already AI voices that are freaking amazing. Yeah, they, that completely can fool you if you're not if you don't live with a celebrity. They can sound exactly like a celebrity. So like this did not sound like that. This sounded like crappy, you know, yeah. just text to speech, which has been around for fifty years. And, and <clears throat> honestly, it's used in. All sorts of accessibility stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. let's let's be real here. Like, we need to draw a line. Like, replacing actors is upsetting. Uh, providing, you know, text to speech is probably really good for developers and also good for a, a huge community of people that need text to speech. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's hard to get down on it. Um, however, also and besides that, it's also really recognizable text to speech that sounds like crap. So it's like one person was like, "This sounds like crap," and then another person was like, "This, I know what this is. It's from this." So even if it was like trying to pull the wall of our eyes, we could, they could have just picked like a voice that sounded like much, much better. You know, yeah. it's just funny. Like if, if they were, if it wasn't like a, you know, well, let's see if we can get away with that. It already would be better than this, I think,
0: is my, my overall point. Yeah. We wouldn't know. But then in yeah. the credits, there's no voice actor credited for this character, which that's why mm-hmm. it seems like, it's, it seems like they didn't, Record the vo- the dialogue and then forget to put it in. It seems like they just forgot to record the dialogue at all. Because I think there's only eight yeah. lines of dialogue that this character has. It's weird. It's a weird. Story. Is it one of and the like- trees? Yeah, one of the trees. Yeah. It, it, it.
1: And, like, you know, I haven't played the game myself yet. It's very much a Justin game. I'm so excited that it turned out great. It's a little bit of a shame. Like, this is this is real news. I'm glad that we reported on it and that other people are. But, like, I don't want it to overshadow, like, hey, there's this really, really good yeah. Prince of Persia Metroidvania game out right now. Um, yeah, of course. But it, it is just bizarre, right? It's it just is weird. strange.
0: The, oh, the, other, the other thing um, is that in that reviewer's guide, it lists out everything that's coming with the Day One patch. And this fix wasn't in there so i don't know it doesn't seem like they it it does seem like they just forgot to record the dialogue for this one small character but they're going to update it in a patch uh coming later this month i believe so and anyone out there who's interested in this game or metroidvania should not at all let that keep you from playing the game it's it's great it's out january 18th next thursday and it's 50 dollars it's a little bit a little bit more of a budget price there Uh,
2: that's surprising to me i actually didn't know the price Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: that is a little high. I mean, I, it's totally, that's a very um, privileged, like you, like, you know, these games take teams of hundreds of artists and animators and programmers to make. So it's like $50 is reasonable, but that's more than like, I don't know, if you're like Justin, what would you guess the MSRP of this game is? I probably would have said mm-hmm. 30
0: Speaking of January 18th, that's when the Xbox Dev Direct is being held. We're finally gonna get to see this Indiana Jones game, which might be called Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which is not a great name, but also not worse than Dial of Destiny, I suppose. What do you mean? It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. But these, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom are awesome names. Yeah.
1: Okay, you're right. Okay. I, I rescind my... I'm just used to Indiana Jones and the thing. You know, it's like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Who cares?
0: Yeah. Sure. But I'm excited. I'm excited to finally see this because there's so many... First of all, there's reasons to be excited. It's Machine Games. It's the Wolfenstein team. Mm-hmm. They've, they've done great work in recent years. Also the recent Quake oh, yeah. Games. So mm-hmm. that is the reason... Uh, enough alone to be excited but also it's just there's so many questions like it, a game based on a, a famous character like this you would expect to be third person but they mostly make first person games so we don't don't, mm-hmm. don't know what the game's going to look like and then it's like what's indiana jones going to look like and what's it going to sound like yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah can they use any likeness or anything to to, to match a to Harrison Ford or is it just going to be
0: Maybe it's somebody else. Is it a James Bond scenario where it's it's, it's the character, mm-hmm. not the same actor? <clears throat> mm-hmm. It is it is tough. You know, it's like Marvel's
1: Avengers from Square Enix had this sort of like, you know, they were called the knockoff Avengers because they made their own take on the MCU mm-hmm. Avengers, but were very close to the MCU Avengers. Yeah. And like it's tough. It's like they either they either they either need to make someone that's very different from Harrison Ford or get a sound alike. Right? Those are yeah. like they can't have someone that's like close to that. So what if
2: it's only in first person and oh and, and a silent protagonist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. They just
1: completely skip that.
2: You just see the hat go on, like obscuring your face as it goes on.
1: I mean, I think like machine um, machine games has like never made a bad game though, right? So it's like they've earned the benefit of the doubt from me, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Anything that they, they make, it's like
0: maybe an okay game, which was the Wolfenstein spin off Young Blood,
1: I think. That was, uh, yeah, that was really good. I mean, really? you know, it kind of came and went. It, well, I mean, it didn't make, like, a cultural splash. But, yeah, I mean, it was a good video game.
2: Two was the was the one with the insane decapitation plot, right? Yes. That
1: was the wildest shit. <laughs>
2: yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, th- I think that's... So there's a couple things that this team is not afraid to do. To be, like, completely... You know, supernaturally weird yeah. uh, with World War II technology, right? Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. is Indiana Jones's like red butter, except for Temple Tomb, which is pretty cool. Um, and then uh, the 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 other cool thing about them is that they, they do this thing in Wolfenstein where there's a hub with a bunch of sympathetic and interesting characters that, that like does not need to be in, in a first person shooter game, but they've, they they kicked butt at that. So I'm like, I'm thinking like, whoa, like how cool is that for your like architectural dig site or, you know, whatever it is like Indy's, te- Indy has a team, like Indy does, does not work alone. And like, yeah. it will, that could be a really cool mode for them to be in.
1: I hope he has a little monkey sidekick, like the, like the robot that they've shown off in Star Wars Outlaws, where it's like, hey, go over there and like tw- trip
0: that switch. Y- yes. The monkey
2: turned out to be a Nazi. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that's true. But ba- he got bad dates. Yeah, he got his <laughs> bad dates. <laughs> He did. Yeah, poor monkey.
2: He, he didn't know.
1: <laughs> he, does, he does a little sigil. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So
2: <laughs> that whole Cairo sequence in Raiders of the Lost Ark is like <laughs> it's it's more remarkable the more you read about it because it's like they did so much location filming and like one of those scenes has like 300 extras like digging an architectural site and like that's like more amazing to me than like a CG spaceship by so much. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that movie. Yep. Perfect movie. Ah, there we go. Here we go. There you go. We've
0: got that.
2: (laughs) this is in the pinball machine. You have to find the monkey and it goes in baskets. And each basket either has Marion or the monkey or like a snake in it. And those are the shots on the pinball machine. So you go left to right. And then all of a sudden the knife guy comes out and there's an Easter egg. You can either play a little bit more or you can just pull the gun trigger and it actually kills the knife guy. (laughs) Because the gun trigger is the the shooter rod on the game. That's great
0: yeah it's really it's really really clever it's crazy that a movie from 1980 can look this good still like we're just looking at hd footage I on youtube here and just like this movie looks so good yeah it's just lit so well
2: and everybody looks sweaty like oh, they did yeah. in the 70s you know it's just perfect
1: <laughs> yeah harrison ford is also like you know he's like 29 when they filmed this yet yeah, for some reason he looks like he's like 45
2: yeah 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 totally Everybody and in the 70s. now he's like
1: 105, and he looks like he's 70. You see a picture of high school students in the 70s, and they just look like old men. <laughs> it's
0: so <laughs> weird. Oh, I know. He was blessed with this body.
1: Cigarettes, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think uh, I'm really excited to see the game. I, hopefully, we've got like a Star Wars Jedi <laughs> situation where Lucasfilm just gave a, oh, yeah. ra- a great developer the reins to their IP and let them make something really cool with it. But like, how many... Like, it's it's inevitable. Oh. There's, even though these games copied Indiana Jones, people are going to be looking for like connections with Uncharted and Tomb Raider. Right? I know, I know,
2: and I hope. It, I mean, it could be what whatever they choose to be. It could be interesting, but like it would be really interesting if it was like a Tomb Raider like, right? Yeah, or an yeah. Uncharted like. Either of those, which are really similar. And Tomb Raider got some good stuff going for it. That Uncharted did too uh, with the open areas. Uncharted did like one big open area per game for mm-hmm. the last two games including the you know the whatever the 1.51 one or 4.51 um but uh i really liked the tomb raider situation last time it's like, like huge open world areas, like they did a really yeah.
1: good job with that yeah. I loved it. It, it is interesting like what is like indiana jones game it's a no-brainer it's like i don't know that it is a no-brainer it's like what's this game's primary yeah. verb going to mm-hmm. be like yeah. the primary verb in uncharted is shooting and like that's <laughs> not really indiana jones right like yeah, yeah he uses guns plenty but like I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious to learn more. Yeah, I hope it's, like, tomb-type
2: stuff and infiltration. I think it'd be really neat if it was, like, um, you know, Nazi bases or something, yeah. and you had to, like, Metal Gear them. Like, that'd be amazing, right?
0: Yes. Well, the good news is that this uh, direct happens on, um, at noon next Thursday, so we'll be able to talk about it on this very show next week. Game Shark is not a name I've heard in a long time, but apparently Game Shark still exists. It's as Shark AI, but they're bringing the Game Shark brand back with some kind of a device. It's not for codes, Sam. Sorry, it's for uh, yeah. it's a it like watches you play your game and in real time analyzes your playing and will make I don't know suggestions or will tweak the AI of the game. I'm not really sure. It's supposed to help you play your game, but it's aimed at a more casual audience. And uh, in a press release today, they said that they're going to launch it in September alongside Switch Two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory about this statement. Okay, and then and then they so you know obviously IGN and everyone else wrote this up as news, like mm-hmm. did Game Sharp, just like that? and then you know they they quickly put out a statement that's like we're just guessing. Yeah, <laughs> we're just we're, we're but, just guessing that the Switch Two. <laughs> so I think they knew exactly what they were doing. Yep. Okay. How many people were aware? that Shark AI existed mm, and this product existed yeah. and that GameShark was back. And so I think that they very much were like, yes, we're launching alongside the Switch 2 in September. <laughs>
2: and then, This is a great conspiracy.
1: Yeah, and then six to eight hours later, we're like, oh, no, we don't know when the Switch 2 is coming out. It's just a game. <laughs> I think it's I like absolutely it. deliberate and manufactured
0: on their part. Hmm. I like it. Nope. Typical GameShark. That would be pretty... <laughs> I mean, that, that's a hack. That's what GameShark is all about, right? Hacking your game. That, that's
2: right. They hacked the media. That was, um, you know. Do you it's... remember the? Go ahead, bud. Well, I was just going to say, do you remember the last time we all used a Game Shark together? I got the the Star Fox code oh, yeah, yeah in yeah, Ocarina yeah. of Time yeah. see yeah. the Game Shark in the office. That, like, I would have, like, you know, ninety nine percent called that mythological, mm-hmm. but it was real. <laughs> yep.
1: And Arwing <laughs> comes great. and shoots Link with lasers. It's crazy. Yep. um yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say like the uh, the last time I think I saw that this particular hack used was when um, Gollum was the very first PS5 game ever announced, Lord of the Rings Gollum.
0: Yeah, okay. the PlayStation
1: Five,
2: they just put the PS5 logo on the trailer or and something, then, and then they, they were the
0: first they
1: were
2: the first confirmed
1: next gen not game. the logo. <laughs> yeah,
0: brilliant, Gilbert. Uh, if you have that ad for GameShark Shark that we uh, we're gonna put in the fix, if you can bring that up. I think everyone would uh, enjoy it. GameStop started in the 90s, right? Like mid-90s?
2: It was after Game Genie. Yeah. And they definitely tackled the 64 uh, Game Boy Advance
1: era. Yeah. I do. So, you know, I think, I think that they knew what they were doing. I think it was a deliberate move on their part to get themselves in the news. But I think that September is a completely plausible yeah, launch window for the Switch 2. I, I think that the Switch 2 has probably been done or basically done or basically ready for a long time. So I don't think there's any need for them to wait till like, you know, November, Black Friday, Thanksgiving. I think they can launch the console earlier than that. Um, I think that Switch sales have fallen off. So Nintendo is motivated to get their new console out there. Mm -hmm. Um, They announced the original Switch in January and then it came out in March. So not for nothing, but that was the time frame of that console. So who knows?
0: I think it was October that they announced, but then in January they did a big direct and that's where they showed a lot of- It was, uh, you're right. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. So they announced it and then
1: January was like pre-orders. Like here's Mm -hmm. like what the game, launch games are and so on and so forth. Then it came out in March.
2: So we should see if Galoob is available so we could maybe invest in Game Genie and bring that back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I recommend saying it'll you know align perfectly with the PlayStation 6 in, in November uh, 2027. 20, um, but, uh, but before that, it'd be really fun to make tiny Game Genies for the Nintendo Switch that look, you know, they're just the perfect cartridge that you put the cartridge slot in and it goes in the back of your Switch. Ooh, sticks out. I like that.
1: <laughs> uh, 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 stop and swap for the, for
2: the yeah, yeah totally, yeah, and the, you know, GameShark did a stop and swap type thing because they had the discs that I would never tried. I kind of missed that cheating era, but yeah, you'd buy like a PS two, one or two disc and yeah. like open up your machine and like swap it in somehow.
1: I, I used to do, I used to do that playing Final Fantasy seven. There it is. There it is. Do you
2: do you do it while the game? is Oh, what is this? <laughs> friends don't let friends play unprotected. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: what is it? in there? It's video game, game ads card. were, and for our, our listeners, like <laughs> it's like it's it's a package that looks like a condom package, but inside it's not a condom. It's a Gamestar card. <laughs> wow. Just unhinged yep. video game ads. 1997. Mm-hmm.
1: Doing whatever they wanted.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. video games
1: aren't a crime. <laughs> yeah. So how how it worked in Final Fantasy VII was the PS1. Would basically load the entire game or whatever, like the entire area. Like if you were in a mm-hmm. town, the whole town was loaded, and like it was more of like a party trick than anything. But you could take, you could open up your PS One, take the entire disc out, you could put in a music CD and part, start playing your own music, and then you were still playing Final Fantasy VII as long as you were okay. in, you know, in the yeah. overworld or in that town or wherever you were. The whole game was loaded into the console memory at the time.
2: Do you think that's how GameShark operated? Or I, I can't remember if you put it I in forehand.
1: I never had you, one, you know, but I would hmm. imagine it worked off the same basic principles. It was loading something in a memory that was then stored there, and then you could swap disks. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you remember
2: there was a whole class of Nintendo 64 cheating, which involved just moving the cartridge
1: yep. up a little bit on the yeah. side? I, yeah, you could move. It was, it was insane. It, it was one of those like street yard things that, you know, again, schoolyard things that sounds fake of like, no, pull the corner of the cart up just a tiny bit so that one or yeah. two pins are not hooked. Yeah. And then it could enable all these cheats and codes. It was nuts. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I remember, I think you had to do that with the Zelda one where you could roll through the seam mm-hmm. and kind of complete this, you get into like the sun and moon area area at the very end of Majora's Masks, like most difficult fetch quest. Yeah. That was the like other, one that I remember doing. It was great.
1: The other kind of like uh, uh, urban legend, but true was when the Xbox 360 Red Ring of Light, Red Ring of Death was oh, happening God. to everybody. There was yeah. a, the every, like it just would like people would talk about this, wrap your console in a towel. Mm -hmm. wrap it in a towel and then it'll fix it it'll work again yeah and that was and it did yeah because the red ring of death was caused by like um what glue yeah like the glue and then it was helping like your console would get so hot that it would help (laughs) reset the glue and melt the thermal paste or whatever it was can you imagine
2: like the idea was to like like the problem is heat but the solution is heat
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, because, it, because whatever connection had come loose there by like not enough thermal paste or too much or whatever, getting it really hot fixed that for some folks. Mm-hmm.
2: Three-Eared Lights, our first Xbox podcast name. That's right. Mm-hmm. A nice troll, and our and the Nintendo voice chat was a troll name too because Nintendo wouldn't put voice chat on the Wii. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we trolling these companies?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you guys ready? uh Galoob was founded in 1957 by lewis and barbara galoob the Galoob. Oh. Really, yeah uh, man that's a cool last name the
2: galoob fortune <laughs> yeah the
0: galoob. well not really so much anymore in 1998 hasbro purchased galoob for 220 million and now it just uses, hasbro uses a galoob on a brand name on some of his toys
2: well that makes sense because galoob did do micro machines so i'm mm-hmm. sure that that brand name you know exists still Huh, cool. Well, if you ever meet a Galoob, you can ask, you know, in your relation.
1: <laughs> I mean, the answer is almost certainly yes.
0: Yep. Micro Machines. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the US. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows, switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address Gamescoop at IGN.com, just like. Oh, no. Big Tony oh, no. Style.
1: Big Happy Tony New Year. Style.
0: Who says Happy New Year? Great to hear the crew back in form last week after a strong 2023. The New Year is a little unknown in comparison, but it will no doubt bring some high-quality games. I'm mainly excited for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but there isn't much else announced that has my full attention, which is okay because Little Tony Styles created created quite a backlog of 2023 games. I'm curious, what are the Omega Cops most looking forward to playing in the New Year? Oh God, we actually all By just. The way, I want to point out.
1: What? Right, go ahead. Just one YouTube comment that I read a while back was like, "Guys, stop being so naive. Big Tony style obviously doesn't exist. It's just whatever. It's like fake questions that like Damon know. wants to read off for us to discuss." Mm-hmm. And I want to say to that commenter, "I've met him. He exists." Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, in the flesh. Uh,
1: most most anticipated games. The problem that I have is like I live and breathe video games. I do video game stuff for a living. I work at IGN. But when someone says, hey, Justin, name a video game, my mind just goes <laughs> yeah. blank, and I can't. Well, I can't, it's a good I can't. thing we all
0: made those playlists. I'm
2: gonna, yeah, I'm opening up my playlist app right now. Let
0: me see. I have mine, I have mine ready to go as well. Who wants to go yeah. first? I can go first.
1: Go for it.
0: it just, it's, my games, yeah, um, really? let's see, I'm going to put them in alphabetical order. Here we go. My games are Dragon's Dogma 2. I was going to name that one. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's OK. There can be some overlap. Uh, I liked Dragon's Dogma 1 well enough, and I'm excited for 2. I Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is coming later this month on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can finish up Prince of Persia for the, before them. Mario vs. Donkey Kong, the remake. I love the original game. I love puzzle games.
2: Oh, there's a trailer this week for that. I think it was really good. Today, Did yeah. you see they're adding levels?
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't that, There's more stuff. Cool. That's
2: awesome. It looks like it looks like Donkey Kong, you know, Donkey Kong style more stuff too. They also have
0: like co op somehow. I've no
2: how do you just add co-op? Mm, it makes no sense. They're that. like these yeah.
0: intricate puzzles. Well, I mean, all you gotta <laughs> do is what, collect the three things on each level, so I, I I don't think that would cause too much problem. Shadow of the Ninja There's also like a no pain mode. Shadow of the Ninja Reborn, which is a remake of the NES cult classic. Shadow of the Ninja, and I just found out it's being made by like the original team that made the NES game, and this is true. The average age of the development team is 55.
1: (laughs) I don't mean to like laugh, like you know, obviously there's many video game veterans, but it's it's, it's, yeah, it's like, hey, do you want to make a sequel to a game we made 30 years ago? Yeah,
0: let's do it. Remake whatever. It's gonna sell literally tens of copies. It's gonna be great. I will be one of them. Star Wars Outlaws, that might be my most anticipated game of the year. I like the. Yeah. I actually like the Ubisoft formula. I'm playing a Ubisoft game right now that I like, and I like Star Wars, so everything should work out with that one. I'm excited for Tomb Raider 1 through 3 Remastered. Uh, I know that Justin uh, said I should keep my expectations in check, but I haven't played those games since they were released, so I'm excited to at least revisit them, see how they hold up. And then Stellar Blade, which is like a Bayonetta or um, Devil May Cry-like character action game, which isn't really my genre, but it just just looks so good. If it actually looks the way it does in the trailer, it will be one of the best-looking video games ever made. And that's being published by Sony. Those are my seven for right now. All right, I finally got my playlist up here.
2: I had to pick so many bridges to get into that capture. It was, like, unbelievable. Uh, that's my most. For, I'm looking forward to that most in uh and uh, 2024 is uh, the bridge captcha. All right, so uh, I have Dragon Age: Dreadwolf, which I believe will be this year. Mm. Um, Dragon's Dogma 2, mm-hmm. which you already only, mentioned.
1: Mm-hmm. Star- only Dragon games. Yep.
2: Yeah, only Dragon games. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws, Prince of Persia, which I'm already playing. I have Hollow Knight: Silk Song on yeah. here, which I hope will be this year. Uh, I'm looking forward to Princess Peach Showtime, mm-hmm. which is the uh, weird Peach spinoff coming. And then I don't know which one of these is going to come first. I think people do know the answer to this, but either Assassin's Creed Codename Red or Assassin's Creed Codename Hex. What um, one, one of those is happening this year. But we'll,
1: which ones <laughs> so, are those
2: in, in, in my opinion? Well, I think one is supposed to be like some kind of well, one's Japan.
1: Right. One, like one is one, one is Japan is name Red and codename Hex is the witches one. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's like supposedly like maybe like medieval witcher type stuff. Hmm. Yeah. The witchcraft one. That both sound great. Why yeah. not both? And then I have Final Fantasy seven and, and then Paper Mario the thousand year door. Why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The best paper. Never, Mario. Never played that game. Oh, man, you're going to love it. It's the best one. Cool. Yeah, it's um, just looking up. Do
2: you think Indiana Jones will be this year, too? I have other games. I mean,
0: that's the rumor. It could be. Ryan McCaffrey thinks it could very well be this year.
2: Yeah, and then Metal Gear Solid Delta, I'm vaguely interested in. um, Visions of Mana, did you see that? It's like a a pretty neat-looking remake, not remake, uh, reboot of the Mana series. We don't think Blade is this year, right? We don't think Grand Theft Auto is this year. (laughs) No, Blade was announced Oh, here's another one. Have you guys seen the cozy game Tales of the Shire? no yes it looks awesome it's like a shire set uh harvest moon
1: yeah such a good idea for a game i i hope that there's no conflict of any kind it's just delivering pies to people and brewing ale that's all yeah, i need hopefully it's yeah. after the the events of the third age or way before them yeah, although way say. before
2: them they were getting hassled so much at the duna day and had to protect them so
1: yeah i but, don't know yeah, they, they have a window of time in which they can hit and make this game as like cozy and nice as they can. Wait, is this like a licensed
0: mm-hmm. Middle yeah. Earth game? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay.
1: yeah. Cool. So it was returned
2: to Moria, and like I, I I had big hopes for that game, but they yeah, great.
1: this yeah. one's going to be better than that, I think. I'm uh, excited. I have a few that haven't been named. Okay. Um, I'm really really excited about Stormgate. That is an upcoming real-time strategy game from a lot of uh, former StarCraft two developers. They left Blizzard and formed a studio called uh, Frost Giant. And,
0: um, it's Unreal and, 5. Everything. What's that? It's Unreal Engine 5.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything that they're saying about this RTS is like, you know, what they're going to do to, you know, roll back netcode and responsive netcode and gameplay and how they're going to treat sort of casual play versus an esport. Like, they're like, you know, look, is the game going to turn out great? I don't know. But like, they're ticking every single box of like, they know exactly what to say to like speak to, you know, an RTS fan. Like, StarCraft 2 is sort of like low key one of my favorite games ever. So, mm-hmm. you know, excited to have them keep keeping that torch alive.
0: Um, Stormgate's Kickstarter is still going for 20 more days. Uh, Their goal is $100,000, but they've raised 1.8 million. Yeah, although those goals are
1: kind of fake, right? Like, they're obviously hoping to raise a lot more money than that. Um, And the other one, I mean, I don't know, there's a lot of games I could shout out, but the other one that I specifically wanted to shout out was um, Avowed. So that's Mm -hmm. the first-person sort of Skyrim-like from Obsidian. And like that was shown off it wasn't the game awards whenever the it was the Summer Game Summer Fest Gaming? Summer Gaming whatever Fest. it was Summer yeah. Fest yeah And like it did not look very good <laughs> like it was it was not a very good trailer <clears throat> um but I mean Obsidian makes some of the best role playing games <clears throat> ever made um Avowed is set in the world of um the same world as Pillars of Eternity and I'm actually pretty invested in that lore and the world building that they put into that I think it's a really like you know well thought out sort of original fantasy realm and you know a higher budget first person rpg from obsidian set in that world like it, it looks perfect and i'm willing to kind of chalk up last summer's you know uh, uh marketing beat to just a little bit of a misfire there so really excited are for you a problem. path of exile guy would you play path of exile too? that's out this year I would pay, I did play the original Path of Exile. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would play the original, the like, uh, the sequel. Um, it's a little bit, Path of Exile is a live service game that just kind of is ongoing and has more seasons and they add new stuff to it. And so oh, yeah. I don't really, I have to confess that I'm not super up on Path of Exile 2, but I don't yeah. know why... <sighs> What makes, it's like making EverQuest 2 and they're still updating EverQuest 1 uh, a little bit. Okay. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure what makes it what makes it sequel worthy versus just a big sizable update to the original.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, good news, Justin. Next week at the uh, Xbox Developer Direct, we're also going to see more of Avowed.
2: Yay. Along with Hubble 2. You know what else I'd like to play this year, but I don't think it's going to be out, but maybe it will be, is Skate. Oh, Yeah. Forgot well, about that. That's definitely on my want list, and I don't know. Like, they've had a decent amount of time to work on that since it was just a logo. So, mm-hmm.
1: maybe I mean, get a skate game. None of us, the Big Tony style, mentioned it. None of us mentioned Final Fantasy seven Rebirth. Like, I think that remake. I, I never finished it. I want to get back to it, but it's like it was so well done, and I think it's doing the most clever, exciting thing with its narrative. That you know, even though it's been years, I still don't want to spoil for people. Um, but. I just, that makes me so much more excited about remake part two or, you know, rebirth than I would have been otherwise if it was just kind of a straight up remake.
0: Okay. We have a couple of uh, extracurricular activity items. We now know who will be playing Abby in The Last of Us season two. And it uh, is uh, an actress I know that Sam likes a lot, Caitlin Dever from Booksmart. And also the recent No One Will Save You.
2: Yeah, which I is uh, I think I might be watching that this weekend, actually. I'm oh, really excited to, to do that. It's been on my list all all winter break, and I haven't been able to watch it yet. Yeah. Interesting
0: great, choice. Great, uh, Booksmart is amazing, though. Interesting choice. It is, yeah. She's a very cool actress, but kind of a slight build compared to Abby. And, of course, actors can, like, get fit for <laughs> roles, of course. But Abby's more than just, like, fit, right? Like, she's like a bodybuilder. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that, I think that Caitlin, you know, Caitlin Devers is an amazing actress, right? Like mm-hmm. so well cast and absolutely has the intensity and the chops to pull off Abby. Right. Um, I've seen some legitimate criticism about like kind of like body diversity and maybe the team should have worked a little bit harder to like find someone that sort of has that imposing physical presence that mm-hmm. Abby has in the game. But you know, like, look, like, that's a valid perspective if that's someone's perspective. But I'll say for me personally, when I saw the casting news, I'm like, oh my God, it just makes me so excited yeah, for season two for the, the actress.
0: Show. I don't know, I do think, like, that part of Abby is important because she's like, that mm-hmm. character, she's fueled by hatred and revenge and she spends years pumping that into her muscles so that when the day comes, spoilers, when the day comes, she can kill a man, you know, with her body and her body's like a physical manifestation of her hatred. So I feel feel like it's a little bit important.
1: Yeah,
2: I agree. Um, I I was, maybe people knew more about this than I did, but I didn't know this season was gonna go like, basically follow the plot of Last of Us 2. Like I thought they might write some extra stuff and like do some in between and, and stuff because I don't, Last of Us 2 has like a huge like time jump and like, I mean, I don't not in years. Well, yeah, it does actually mm-hmm. at one point, but you know, it, it, I don't know. It just, it seems like it seemed weird to, to do this season right after the last season, instead of having like, I don't know, some like interim Joel and Ellie stories or something.
1: Well, I agree. And the other reason this is sort of outside of the fiction of the last of us, but just, you know, as someone that cares about the industry, the interesting part of it is like, the rumor, the strong rumor is that Naughty Dog is working on Last of Us 3, right? Like, that's yeah. like that, so that, that, that that
2: would sync up with this TV season.
1: Well, but it doesn't, right? Because they're not stretching it out, because they're just, they're just jumping right to The Last of Us 2. That's the part of it that I find so fascinating. It's like, how are they, you know, like, they're going to get ahead of themselves. They're going to have a Game of Thrones-like situation, right? Yeah. Where, like, mm-hmm. you know... The, the Unless
2: they're, like, sure that they're going to do Last of Us 3, like, next January or something, a year from now, and then the season comes out after
1: that. Yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe it'll sync up perfectly, right? It's like Last of Us 3 is, you know, two to three years away, and then season three of the show is two to three years away, and maybe it will be perfect, actually. But, like, but it, it's, like, the show <laughs> is a critical and commercial overwhelming success won a million awards yeah. like
2: the pressure to keep making that show
1: is yeah. big right
2: yeah plus yeah. it so, has child actors and young actors and like with when that happens you got to like keep the ball rolling
1: yeah and so i guess like if there if there's not a last of us 3 in development and they're not going to try to sync up season 3 of the show with it and and the fact that they are doing last of us 2 with season 2 of the show that would mean that the show is done right it's two seasons and done yeah. so that's just kind of interesting to me that they're not that they're not trying to uh, do a little more.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see how it turns out. I think the show Did runners- you see
2: that news this week about how the uh, Game of Thrones showrunners just completely don't watch Game of Thrones and don't care
0: anymore and don't want their name associated with it? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I they made
2: aware. that last season.
0: They're, they yeah. might as well own it. So they had that interview with The Hollywood Reporter. It was like their first interview. They, they speak out for the first time since the end of Game of Thrones, but they don't really, yeah. they don't address any of the controversy around the end of Game of Thrones. No, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did think it was neat that one of them re-watched the entirety of Game of Thrones with his family. I was like, that'd be pretty fun to have your, your, you know, like your dad being like, yeah, and this part was crazy because it was really cold that day. You're like, shut up, dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, I guess you didn't mention Star Wars, but they were attached to a Star Wars movie at one point. And speaking of Star Wars, we're going to get to see Mandalorian yep. and Grogu a terribly clever title for what is the absolute safest bet Disney could possibly make for the next Star Wars movie? I mean,
1: I think I've seen some speculation that I think is plausible that, um, you know, because there was a writer's strike and because there was an actor's strike, like um, some of the Star Wars movies, like the Ray movie and some of the other movies aren't ready, right? Like they're going to take another year. And so I've heard that, you know, uh, John Favreau is a Disney company man at this point, um, y- y- you know, like does a lot of stuff with them, that the next season of The Mandalorian was turned into like, let's make it a movie. And then like, y- you know, let's get Star Wars back in theaters. Right. Like so this was a little bit of a, a not like a panic move, but like a plan B on their behalf, on their part, which, you know, is that true or not? Like that's that's fan fiction on my part, but it makes sense.
0: Well, yeah, it's also true that these characters are like some of the only parts of Star Wars that people like that Disney has done, right? Do
2: you think they'll just cram this movie with like CG young Skywalker stuff? Yes. You know, like the whole movie is just gonna be like our favorite Star Wars characters like the show's been?
0: Yeah, and I don't know that I- It's gonna be all- I I don't know that I'm bothered by that. Maybe maybe the idea of seeing Luke Skywalker on the big screen again is just too cool for me to <laughs> yeah I know to crap on it.
2: Well, that's the thing. That's what would make this big screen worthy to me. Sadly, mm. is that they would have to like fan service up like something that big, because otherwise it's just gonna be like. Oh, they're they're fighting a a you know a bad Mandalorian and dark armor or something like. Who cares? Like, it's it's there has be... to be
1: a reason why this is a big screen instead of a TV show. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be all member berries. That's all it's gonna be. And and Damon, <laughs> you just saw Luke Skywalker on the big screen in the last two Star Wars movies that came out. <laughs> like, yeah, but that was a terrible
0: it. depiction of this character. Like, it was so much cooler when he shows up in The Mandalorian. It's like. Yes, in an X-wing. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was great. Really, it is really cool at the end of the second season. Yeah, um, mm. I, I don't. I, I'm a little bit. I don't dislike The Mandalorian, but I don't. I've never, back from season one, liked it as much as other people do. I think the show is, you know, kind of cheesy. And I like, I I like when it's pulpy and weird. And you know, Mandalorian is getting jobbed on by Jawas and isn't very good at this, frankly. Like, you know, and then the whole episode is him fighting some weird beast and like the show is just not that anymore. It's done. Yeah. It's gone the exact opposite direction of what I wanted of like tying it into a and this like deep lore and then Jaren is like this major player now with a Jedi. And I'm like, I didn't want that. I wanted him just like putzing around and just getting into trouble. Yeah.
2: Well, then he shouldn't have ever found that baby Yada. Well, and
1: then like, they got rid of him. And then someone at
0: Disney was like, no, no, no you can't, you get you <laughs> well, it. That's what I think. I think Grogu was like the most interesting, Go pick the baby up. The most interesting character of all this, like, he's a young 50-year-old young Jedi who can't even talk yet, but has Jedi powers. And now, In a time when there's supposed to be no Jedis left, even though we keep finding more and more Jedis everywhere. Yeah. I think he's, no, like, one of Jedi. the most... Freaking ab- everywhere. Grogu's yeah. one of the most interesting characters well, to, like, explore. I'm gonna, wait, when is Grogu? When, do, when does that species learn to talk? Why can't he talk? Mm-hmm you know that there so this is you know so we don't know like
1: the mandalorian eventually maybe in this movie will answer why grogu is not in the sequel trilogy right like he's off whatever you know he's doing something you know (laughs) like and like but like within our lifetime we will see grown grogu you know starring in a series of movies or tv shows that pushed the Star Wars timeline forward past the sequel yeah. trilogy. Yeah,
2: right? Grogu had to meditate for thirty years. It's yep. what a species does. Exactly. That's just what they do. Yep, that's right? exactly. And then when they're
1: eighty, they have their first word. Yep, you're right. Except it's going to be two hundred years, and then that's, <laughs> yeah, that'll, yeah, be the, totally. that'll be That'll be the basis of like you know Star Wars stuff set in the distant future. And like and yeah. and I, I'm actually I'm actually fine with that. Right. Like that's a good that's a good burn way it down. To, that's a good way to tie the old with the new. Like y- you know, and then we'll get to see him. It's just like, I just, I'm so tickled and I like Star Wars, but like, I'm so tickled. It's so, um, uh, just like childish and like you, like adults, there were teams of people at Disney that had to get in a room and discuss like, look, does Grogu talk like Yoda? Is that something their species does? Or is that just a Yoda thing? And like people had to weigh in on like what they thought the answer to that question was. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Well, we'll see. I I am. I have become cynical about the Star Wars movies because so many have been announced that just don't go anywhere, but since John Favreau is attached to this one, that's probably a good sign. It's going to happen. it will probably be the next Star Wars movie that's in theaters. And that brings us to Video Game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from someone who did not provide their name, but they are the host of another video game show. It's not a podcast, obviously, but some type of video game show called Video Games VDGMS. VideoGames.com, you can check that out. And the host of that show provides this week's selection. So with that, let the questioning begin. Did you say VideoGames.com? I was very confused by what just happened. But it's spelled VDGMS.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, get the vowels out of there. Yeah, get out of here, vowels. Mm, like Flicker. Um, okay, let the question begin. Did this game come out in the 70s, 80s, or 90s? No. Mm, we have to mention Prince of Persia every week.
2: <laughs> 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 um, uh, uh, let's see. Uh... Uh did this game come out on a cartridge format?
0: Yes, well <clears throat> um hold on, 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 let's see here. <laughs>
2: this cannot be possibly this confusing it, it totally either can. it either came out on
1: a cartridge that tastes bad or a cartridge that didn't. I mean, you know, any cartridge can taste bad <laughs> it's true it's true uh
2: none of them taste good, probably right
1: no one more sega our our cartridges taste good not like nintendo's (laughs)
2: um the fact that damon can't google the answer to whether this game came out of cartridge
0: tells me that it might be a little bit obscure okay i have the answer this game was not released on a cartridge Hmm. okay so is it an indie game no
1: was this game, I, the cartridge thing, what maybe trips me up is that maybe it's like a like a digital release and then Damon had to look up, did it ever get a limited run, like physical yeah. release, like a limited yep, run exactly. special release or something like that. Um, Damon, is this game most commonly considered, you know, a digital download game? Yes. Cool. Uh, is this game on Steam? Yes, that's five. I think it's Vampire Survivors. Was it developed in Japan? Yes. It's not Vampire Survivors, that
0: was developed. Walking back.
2: I'll ask it again. Was it
1: developed in Japan?
2: (laughs) That's only one question.
1: Vampire Survivors was developed in Italy, if anyone's curious. (laughs) Was it really? I, yeah, it's it was a single yeah. guy. I mean, he's got a whole studio. I didn't know. Now, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's sorry. cool. Was it I love Italy. I go Was it developed in Japan? No.
2: Okay. Why well, I don't know. Damon, are you sure you know what this game is?
1: Is that your question? That's no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, okay, so wait. So what do we know? We know that it's uh primarily considered a digital mm. download. Um, it's not available on a cartridge. Came out after the 90s. Um, yeah, and we know the very simplest questions are tripping up Damon. And was not and was not made in Japan. W- was this game developed in Europe? No. Okay, it's not Vampire Survivors. Everybody.
2: Was it developed in the in the North American continent? Yes. Okay. Cool. I was oh, if yeah, it was and, an, like an, an Asian game, it would be actually easier for us to get. But this actually makes it more difficult.
1: Yeah, and we know we do know a key. So Damon said it's not an indie game, even though it is like a digital, you know, like a smaller digital release, but not not an indie. So that's kind of notable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this game available on the Nintendo Switch? No. It's not.
2: Is it a console exclusive? Mm. No, we shouldn't ask that cuz it was on Steam, right? Yeah. So, it could still be a console exclusive.
1: Could you do, be... do we need to know that? I don't know. We don't even know. We need to narrow down we're in like a we cuz we're in a 23 year time span right now <laughs> that it mm-hmm. in which it could be released, so it would be helpful mm-hmm. to narrow that down a little. And you just you just got rid of Switch, right? So, but it has yeah. to
2: be from when when did Steam
1: come out? We know that. That's good. Oh, well. No, I mean, cuz that Steam time. can reach back further. Steam it's not Steam helpful. Steam launched with like Half-Life 2, but I don't know when it became like the Steam mm-hmm. that it is now. Slowly over time.
2: Um ugh. Uh did this game come out after 2010?
1: Yes. And that's 10. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. So pretty modern. Uh was this game made by Ubisoft EA or Activision? No.
2: It might be published by a Japanese company and developed in the United States.
1: That's why you had to look it up. What do you think? Yeah, that seems very plausible. Could be Square Enix, you know, could be uh, something like that. Some mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, it could be like Tomb Raider, Guardian of Light, those isometric Tomb Raiders that they made, or Hitman Go, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. were published by Square Enix. Yeah, and there's could Capcom be a mo- games, I think. Hmm. Yeah um is this game part of a series yes, part of a franchise yes, is it part yes. of a franchise yes okay so maybe we're zeroing in i'm really thrown off i'm i'm like fixated on it not being an indie game mm-hmm. but then still being kind of like download first so that that's why i'm oriented around like those hitman go you know style games yeah
2: that's interesting Hmm. Those kind of like, downloadable spots. What would cause them not to do a full release, right? Maybe it's like
1: very online focused. What if it's a mobile game? That's what I was thinking. Uh was this game released for uh like on, on app stores? Yes. Hey. Ooh we solved the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there. But not made by Ubisoft EA Activision that, that's, that does kind of point to you know Hitman Go the, I forget the Tomb Raider it was a Guardian of Light yeah, what it, was it wouldn't
2: be like a big one like Rovio or something because those are all Europe right Minecraft Ro- Rovio uh,
1: birds <laughs> and... Rovio is Europe Mojang is Europe mm-hmm.
2: what about like what's who make King <laughs> where, where are they ah I...
1: That's a good question. I don't know where King's I think headquarters Sweden are or something like that. Candy Crush, but Damon did say it's part of a part of a series.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, does like this we... game have uh, uh, microtransactions? I don't think so. Not notable. It's not like built around that. Really?
1: Mm. Does this... <laughs> Should we narrow <laughs> it think... to puzzle game? Yeah, I think it's one of the. Well, the only thing is Tomb Raider Guardian of Light is not necessarily a puzzle game. It's just kind of like isometric exploring tombs. Yeah, Hitman Go, those were like puzzle games. Yeah. I think it's one of those. Are those all Square Enix? Is that all them? Seems like it. Yeah, was this game published by Square Enix? Yes, that's 15. Hey, is this game in the Tomb Raider franchise? No. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. So that leaves us with... um, I know there were more. There was Hitman Go, and there were others. I think they even made like a Deus Ex one, didn't they? Whoa, really? I think so, but I can't remember. Hitman Go was the one, was the one that really caught on. Do
0: you play as a bald Hitman in this game? Yes. <laughs> Is it Hitman Go? Yes, Hitman Go. Nailed
1: it. Hey. Man, you led that one,
0: Justin. That was 18th great. Eighteenth question. Woof. Woof.
2: That yeah, seems like so, a really
0: hard one for us to get, but we got Mister Mobile. So. It was released on iOS in 2014, then came to PC in 2015, <coughs> then it came to PS4 and Vita in 2016. So I wasn't mm. sure if it was released on cartridge for the Vita, but it wasn't. Download only.
1: Yeah. Is this
0: really not on Switch? Mm-mm. Yeah. Interesting. It's, uh, hasn't been released anywhere since 2016. And it's a good game, too. And they did a Deus Ex one. I feel like they did a, a, a Tomb Raider or a Lara Croft one, too. Lara Croft Yep. Go. They did. They did. A lo- they did. They did. Yeah, they did.
1: And then, yeah, it's not Tomb Raider Guardian of Light, is it? It's Lara Croft Guardian of Light, and they made a sequel to that. Yeah, yeah, Hitman Go was really good, and they did a really clever watching footage of it here. Like, the sort of board gamey, you know, tilt-shifted aesthetic was, like, so smart.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've never yeah, seen footage of this
1: game. I had no idea it was so stylized and that it was, like, game pieces. Yeah, it's cool. It's great. And, like, when you move, the enemies move. And so it is, I mean, it's, like, it's got the vibe
0: of, like, a puzzle game. It's really mm-hmm. well done, and it was developed by Square Enix Montreal. That's why I I, I snap writ North said America. yes when you said it was a developed in Japan, and then I had to correct myself. Developed in Montreal. Got it. Got it.
1: Yeah. I wonder, like, yeah, what other Go games? i want to look it up real quick. <sighs> then we can close out the episode. But Tomb
0: Raider um, Go
2: wasn't like it was just like an action game, right? An isometric action game.
0: No, it
1: was, no, that was the same yeah. as this.
0: Really, it was like the was Snap Lara Croft
1: just Go. Passed? yeah so they did a tomb raider one lara croft go you're right damon i'm just on wikipedia now and then maybe maybe i dreamed the deus ex one although i thought they made one no i think they did a Deus one too but
0: maybe it wasn't called oh yeah you're right
1: yeah it was deus ex go okay yep yeah cool well we solved it (laughs) (laughs) yeah this Uh, this tomb raider game is an action game you like actually right but no, because they made they made Lara Croft: Guardian of Light is oh, what you're I see thinking it. of, I which see. was it I was see, the see, same that. isometric viewpoint, and yeah. and it's actually that one's actually really good too, yep. um, where it feels like a Tomb Raider game, solving puzzles, you know, fighting things, you know, exploring tombs, but just from an isometric viewpoint. Whereas this was more this was a puzzle game, Lara yeah. Croft Go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those games are and really then cool. And they made a they made a yeah, cool. they made a Guardian of Light sequel too that I can't remember the name of. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you for the suggestion, VideoGames.com. What, what, what year was that game? Which which release? Originally, twenty fourteen.
2: Twenty fourteen. Okay, so they're not. So the Go series is kind of dead now. That's yeah, and I fun. think the Deus Ex yeah, I mean, one has
0: even been delisted. Ah, uh, okay. Bummer. One deals. Yeah, bummer. Yeah,
2: looks like a good idea.
0: Yeah. But nicely job yeah. viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for 20 questions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at iGin.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to both Sam and Justin. Thank you to Jobert and Ryan working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. I'm gonna go play some more Prince of Persia, Lost Crown tonight. And I recommend everyone else out there to do too. Next week, uh, when this, the episode after this one comes out on January 18th, when we'll be able to talk about all that fun Xbox stuff too. So please yeah. be excited. My name is Damon, this is IGN GameScoop, and we're out.
2: I honestly can't believe we got that 20 questions. Yeah. That was amazing. Well done, Justin. That was really impressive. Thanks. IGN. I think gave you a, said it like question six or something. You yeah, <laughs> said it early on. <laughs> oh, is
1: that really true? Yeah, um, just like much earlier than we got to it. It was really cool. We gave Hitman Go an 8.2.